Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. Oh, I've got a lot to cover. Uh, I'm going to talk about the night that happened at St. Stephen the Martyr last Friday. It was a transformation night with the Encounter School of Ministry. I'm going to talk about becoming a better presenter, teacher and preacher, a day-long training I did. I'm also going to talk about being at this real estate training that I've been at, and it's going to be a very interesting way to understand our faith in the light of what people are saying in the world. All of this and more on Sound Insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I thank you and I praise you for who you are, for all that you've done for us. I thank you for the gift of faith. Lord, I ask that you would bless, bless all those who are listening, Jesus. Lord, we want to be useful to you in the one life we get to live. Lord, we need your blessings and grace today to know how to live. And Lord, I ask that you would uh, draw near to us. Help us to weave together parts of our lives that we don't naturally connect together. Lord, help us to come to know you more deeply by, by what you what you bring out into the open in our lives as we pray and as we seek you and as we strive to live for you. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so lots to cover. Are you praying and fasting for Israel and uh, the, uh, Gaza and, and the uh, the war that's there? Uh, I hope you are. I uh, One of my da uh, daughters at Franciscan University popped into our group chat a couple days ago. I'm doing a water fast for the war in the Middle East. I thought that was really powerful. And then my daughter down in Oregon jumped in and said, I'm in. I'm joining you. I'll do a water fast today as well. And I thought, what am I going to do? <laughs> what will I do with that? Uh, I have here we have two of my kids. I mean, they're kids. They're both adults, but you know, in college. And here they are, setting the tone. Here they are, uh, inspiring action. So I said, "Well, I'm in." So I did it too, but I didn't. I, I don't think I actually popped it into the to the uh, to the group text. The group. Group chat, sorry, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a group texting, group text, group chat, it's group text. So, yeah, you see how old I am. Okay. Well, I talked to my wife, I talked to Carrie, and she said that she saw that and she was doing it too. And she didn't pop it into the, into the group either. So it's amazing. You don't always realize 
the impact, the influence that your life can have on other people. And, you know, my daughter didn't say, hey, I'm fasting, you should too. She just popped it out there and just said, look, I'm fasting and praying for an end to this conflict. And I have to admit, I have seen more posts show up on social media um, saying the same kind of thing, that there seems to be a higher sensitivity around the uh, impact that our prayer has on world events. You know, that not that a powerful thing to, to, to believe that the Lord takes into account our prayers on events that are happening around the world? You know, our prayers don't, like, get God to pay attention to that situation. Our, it's not our prayers that make the Lord of heaven and earth say, whoa, well, hey, what's going on down there? It, so it's not as if we are getting God's attention through our intercession. But in fact, it's, it's precisely the opposite. <laughs> through intercession, God is getting our attention. Okay, are you hearing this? When we intercede, when we go before the Lord, when we call upon God and ask for blessings for someone else, that's intercession. A petition is when you ask for yourself. Intercession is when you ask for someone else. When we go before the Lord and we say, Lord, please bless this situation in the Middle East. Bring peace to Israel. Lord, Stop the slaughter of the innocents. It's not as if God is, it's not as if we're getting God's attention to a situation that we want Him to bless, but it's God getting our attention regarding a situation that He intends to bless. He wills to bless, but He wills in part that these blessings would come through our cooperation, with our cooperation, with our cooperating prayer. Are you tracking with me? If you hear it again, it can be a kind of a stunning, a stunning insight regarding how we live our lives. That if you can hold on to that exact situation for the moment, we can then draw it out and apply it in other situations. So let me say it one more time. When you get this urge to pray and ask the Lord to bless and bring peace to Israel and Gaza, to stop the slaughter, to, to end the war, to, Lord, put a hedge of protection around the, that situation so that it doesn't escalate, right? When we, when we do that, it's not as if the inspiration, the stirring, the urge, the nudge to do that originated within ourselves and, and then led us to say, God, please notice it. Please, God, do something about it. I know you're big and you've got bigger concerns in your hand, but Lord, please, can you intervene down there? No. Our intercessory prayer begins in God. Our intercessory prayers don't just end in God, but they begin in God. 
God is the one who stirs his spirit in us so that we would pray to bring about a blessing that he intends to give. He intends to give. He already wills that it would be given, but that it would be given with our cooperation, with our cooperative prayer. Okay, if you can accept that and and see that with regards to the intercession we do for Israel, for the war in the Middle East— Can you take that and now apply it to your own life? Your own life with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, with the situations around you that you pray for. Uh, What do I mean specifically? What I mean is this. I mean that the Lord intends to bring blessings into these situations that are around you. He intends to bring blessings into the lives of your loved ones, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your spouse, your siblings, your parents, your nephews, nieces, your neighbors, your parish, your priests, your bishops, right? And, and part of what the Lord wills is our cooperation. Isn't God amazing? Isn't God, like, stunning that He respects us enough. Well, that's not the right word. That he values us so much that he puts into our hands, into our lives, the, 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 the gate, the portal <laughs> through which he would intend to bless others. So there are some blessings that the Lord wants to bring into this world, and you're the logjam. Whoa, wait a minute. I'm the logjam? Yeah. The Lord is counting on your prayers. He's counting on your intercessory prayer. He's counting on you to fall to your knees and to cry out with that anguish in your heart, that longing in your heart, the love that's in your heart, the the pain that is in your heart, to to the Lord for, for a situation that you see that is, that is dark or broken, that is in need. And, and, and you're saying, Lord, please, I beg you to bless that circumstance, that situation, that person, that loved one. And, and, and the Lord is like, thank you. You are now, you are now in your anguish and longing, in your yearning and in your pain that is in your heart. You have been drawn into an intimate union with the most sacred heart of Jesus. Whoa, whoa. That feast that we celebrated a couple days ago, the the feast the feast of Saint uh, Margaret Mary Alacoque, that 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 was that great saint, that uh, French saint through whom the uh, revelation of the most sacred heart of Jesus was brought out into the open in a fresh and new way. And that image of the sacred heart of Jesus, that when that heart is revealed. That heart is communicated. That heart is is opened to us. And when we draw near, when we enter into that heart, that heart impacts us. uh, St. Margaret Mary talked about that heart like a furnace, like this massive cavern of of a furnace. And her heart was like a little atom, like a little pebble entering into this massive furnace of love. And so when we experience a pain in our heart that is rooted in love, a yearning in our heart rooted in love, right? The, the agonizing heart over situations and loved ones, loved ones and the situations they're in. It's the Lord 
who's sharing a bit of his heart in our hearts. That's how much he loves us. That, that's how much he thinks of us. That's how much he values who we are and the contribution he intends us to make. He wants to draw us into his heart and there become now here on earth this portal, this doorway, this entry point for his love to move into the world. Okay, <clears throat> I share all of that with you as I start the program because I had a chance to speak at St. Stephen the Martyr Parish a week ago. It was last Friday night. It was a transformation night. It was on encountering Jesus and his love and mercy for us. And it was a night that was uh, sponsored by this Encounter School of Ministry, which is all about being open to the Holy Spirit and moving in the gifts of the Spirit with a prophetic anointing that the Lord will move in signs and wonders and deeds of power. And so there's a gathering that you come together once a month. I think it's about once a month. And there is praise and worship. And then there is a, a presentation. And then there's a time of ministry. And so they invited me to come out and to give the presentation and minister and be part of that sort of teams that minister. And so I was praying about this. I was praying quite a bit about, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do at that event? Because my natural inclination just from doing this work for 34 years is let me pull an outline out of the files that is fitting for that theme in that context with that kind of crowd. Or I will pray and I'll say, let me design an outline. Let me figure out what it is I'm going to say. And, and then I'll go give a talk. And then after the talk, I will be part of the teams that are praying with other people. Okay, there we go. That's the natural flow of things. But I sensed that the Lord was asking something different of me. I was being invited to take a risk, to be more vulnerable, to be more available to the Lord on the spot. Okay, <laughs> on the spot. What that means is I'm standing there and I'm going to, quote unquote, give a talk and to do so without an outline. <laughs> and I have like up to two hours to fill. All right. With between the prayer, the ministry time and the teaching. And I'm like, all right, Lord, you really want me to do this? Well, I, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I'm rested and, and I'm prayerful and I have, uh, the opportunity. I'm going to put together like at least a basic outline of what I'm going to talk about. And so, um, this was, this was in the midst of a very, like, complicated time in my life. My dad had died and I had just flown back from the funeral and I was way behind in a ton of work. And so I just was super busy up until the moment I jumped on the plane and I was also sick dealing with like the flu um, that had kind of run through my family, finally landed on me. I'd just been worn out. And so I was under the weather, got on the plane, short ride to Seattle from Spokane, 
easy peasy. I get picked up and I'm like, okay, I've got about three hours where I can rest. I can, you know, get a, take a nap. I can pray. I can get quiet and I can listen to the Lord and I can come up with a, a basic outline and I'll be good to go. I'm like, this, this is going to work. This will be fine. And then none of that happened. <laughs> Nothing like that happened at all. Not my plan. Well, what happened? I'll tell you in a minute on Sound Insight. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. Well, I'm talking about a talk I gave last Friday night at St. Stephen the Martyr in Renton. Tomorrow night, I'm going to be giving another talk at uh, the Inland Northwest Catholic Men's Retreat, the Inland Northwest Catholic Men's Retreat. It is not too late to sign up. Uh, it, it, is, it begins tomorrow. The check-in time is at three in the afternoon, but dinner time's at five. And then I start speaking. My, I, I talk first on Friday night and it continues on, uh, through the weekend. And it's, um, it is in Coeur d'Alene and I would love for you to be there. There is, uh, I'm going to be there. I'll be giving that, like I mentioned, to talk on Friday night. And Father Jeff Lewis will be there, whom you know from Sound Insight. He will be celebrating Mass on Friday night and then also celebrating Mass on Saturday uh, and Sunday morning. And then, um, oh, sorry, he's actually going to be giving Mass on Saturday night that will also cover Sunday. Uh, it'll be your Sunday obligation, if that makes any sense to you. Um and and then the other speaker is Dale Alquist. Dale is from the Chesterton um, Society. He's the head of the Chesterton Society. And they also are the overseeing group for the Chesterton Academies that are around the country. And he'll be giving a number of presentations on the introduction uh, on G.K. Chesterton, um, on the sexual revolution focused on men, uh, the... Defending the Faith, he's going to talk about, lay spirituality, and um, and some saints you've never heard of. So he's got a, a number of talks on um, sa on Saturday, and then there's a, uh, uh, there is actually a closing Mass on Sunday as well, sorry. So there's a, a Mass on Saturday and a Mass on Sunday. So uh, a wonderful event, again, and it's happening at Camp Luther Haven, in Coeur d'Alene, Camp Luther Haven. Uh, if you want to go to the event, you can still sign up, as I mentioned. It's I-N-W, as in Inland Northwest. And then it's Men's Retreat. I-N-W, Men's Retreat. 
org Inland Northwest Catholic Men's Retreat. And uh, I would love to see you there. Uh, I'm thrilled that I'll be able to be there for that event. Okay, so back to last Friday. So I thought, okay, I'm sick, I'm tired, I'm empty, I got nothing. And I land afternoon on on Friday. I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus. Let me get my nap. Let me rest. Let me clear my head. Let me get my outline together because I'm on and I'm on and I, I, I got just fragments. That's all I got. I just got little fragments of what it is I would say. So thanks be to God. I've got a few hours to rest, relax, pray and prayer and, uh, and prepare until I didn't. <laughs> so I got picked up at the airport and the wonderful, wonderful uh, team member that picked me up, someone I, I've known for many years, a wonderful woman of God and her family. And uh, she said, we are going to go out to dinner with the team. I'm like, that's excellent. <laughs> so we went from the airport to the restaurant and I still had work following me to the restaurant on the phone. I was doing real estate work, some like high stakes conversations going on, negotiations and talking with folks, buying and selling houses and stuff like that, all the way until the folks show up. And then I get off the phone, get into the restaurant. We have a really nice time, nice conversation, eat some food. And um, after that, after that really nice conversation, Let's zip back to the church and get ready for the event. And I'm like, can I at least get changed? <laughs> so I go to the rectory, get changed, just in time to zip back over to the church for the event. And so I, I, what, what, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, what are you doing? Lord, I'm supposed to be prepared for this event. Lord, Lord, I'm supposed to have an outline. I'm supposed to, you know, do what I've done for these years and have things in my control. Ooh, there's the word. I, I want to have a sense of control over this outline. What I'm going to talk about. Where do I start? What's next? What's next? Where does it end? And what I sensed was that the Lord was challenging me, stretching me to say, Tom, the only thing I need you to be prepared to be is desperately reliant on me. That's it. I need you to have nothing. I need you to bring nothing but your powerlessness. Bring your incap incapacity. Bring your not being ready as exactly what I need from you so that you will be available and willing to rely on me in this time of teaching and ministry. And I'm like, Lord, are you sure you got this? <laughs> okay, so I mean, how are you going to feel, right? Because, and again, I've done this for how many years, but I've never done what I did last Friday night. And do you know what this gets traced back to? It gets traced back to a prayer over another meal. When Dr. Mary Healy was in Spokane and we took her out to dinner afterwards, Carrie and I, uh, we were visiting. And, and if you remember, if you remember when I talked about what happened there, 
she asked me to pray for her an impartation, and I asked her to pray for me an impartation. And her prayer for me was to pray. I asked her to pray to impart a share in her expectant faith for the Lord to move in miraculous ways, to pray for an, a, a deeper sense of an anointing to move in the power of the Holy Spirit with an expectation that the supernatural is happening. So I, I pray, she prayed with me. I said, this is awesome. I love it. And I immediately thought about the event at St. Stephen the Martyr, thinking, this is perfect. What perfect timing. Because she's got a tremendous sense of connection to the, um, the Encounter School of Ministry of being someone that helped design the curriculum. So, uh, and I'm like, this is perfect. What a great fit. So I sh- I'll just roll on in and start moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, little did I imagine or plan just how much the Lord was going to ask of me to lay down the disciplines, the approach, the way that I've done things before in order to allow him to do something new in me. That wasn't easy. Are you tracking with me? It's not easy for us to let go of the pathways that we've walked down that have worked, that we've matured our own ability to exercise. We've found them to be successful. And it's like, that, Lord, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to just stay in my lane. I want to stay in that sort of comfortable place and, and bear that fruit. And what the Lord is saying is, no, I've got more. Do you want to be available for more of what I have for you? Are you, are you open for more? And if you're open for more, then you, you better be open to do something different than, than what you've done before. I'm like, wow, all right, Lord, okay, I'm in, let me do this. And so I, um, the, the Lord basically was like saying, by the way, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you be in a different place when you get up and speak. And the way I'm going to have you be in a different place is I'm going to kick out from under you your normal uh, practical helps, like having a few hours before the talk to peacefully get ready. <laughs> Bam, knocks right out from under me. And when I was there during the praise and worship time, I, I felt this prompting where the Lord was saying, don't write an outline. Don't, don't focus on this. I'm doing something new tonight. I want to do something new in you and through you, but you have to be different. You have to approach this in a different way. And so I did. And so I got introduced. I got up there. I said, let's pray. And I just prayed. Now, I got up there. Now, I'm used to standing in front of crowds. Normally, I'll have a like a music stand or a podium, even when I'm down um, outside the sanctuary and be in front of the, the pews. But this time, I had nothing. I had no notes. I had no podium. It was just me. <laughs> And I'm like, I said, the Lord is going to move tonight, and we're going to be open to do whatever the Lord wants us to do. And I ended up just praying, and then I'm like, okay, here's that first story that came to my mind about my dad's funeral. 
So I, cause I had just come back from there. So I started to share that. And then that led me to another reflection. And as I, as I finished the first reflection, I said, the Lord wants to minister right now. Some of you are here right now that are, are connecting to this theme that I just shared. Let's pray right now. Let's pray for you who are in that circumstance. Now, I don't think I'd ever done that before. Normally, like I'll give the talk and then I'll pray. Maybe a couple of times in the course of all of the talks I've given, maybe I've like interrupted the flow of a talk to say, I really feel prompted like I'm supposed to pray right now for that, for people in this circumstance, but not like this. And, you know, it was vulnerable. I was vulnerable. Like I was not in a comfortable place, but I believed I was in the right place. And I was just going to obey. I was just going to obey. Lord, what are you doing? And what's interesting is that the whole talk went like that. It ended up being kind of like you take a rock and you skip it across the water. Um, imagine like someone who did a good job picking a good rock. It didn't go kerplunk, but kind of skipped across the surface. And imagine every one of those little skips was a moment in my talk where I stopped talking and said, this is another moment. The Lord, the Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit is, is prompting me that we are to pray for people right now in this circumstance. Those of you that are in that circumstance, you can raise your hand. I'd say that sometimes, or I'd say, just be there. If you're not, you raise your hand and you just pray with me. And we're just going to pray that the Holy Spirit ministers to people in these circumstances. And what was like wondrous to me was the the number of themes that just started to show up in my like request for prayer. I want to pray for people in this circumstance. I want to pray for people in this situation. And let's pray right now. And it was it was beautiful. And it went on. I think I I think my time of prayer and ministry went on for maybe an hour and 20 minutes. It's a long time, but there was a lot of like sharing, praying, sharing, praying, sharing, praying. And I mean, I have to admit, I, I don't know like what's next for that. Like tomorrow when I speak at the men's conference, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't say that. What I should say is, Right now, I don't sense. I've got, you know what I have for tomorrow? I've got an outline. <laughs> I've got a theme. I've got a talk outline. And, and yet I also have some surprises for what I'm going to talk about tomorrow night as well. So I'm, um, uh, I'm excited for the talk and, and who knows? Maybe the Lord will in fact stir in me at different moments of the talk that we actually pray. So we'll see. That could be kind of cool. All right. Um, so that was, that was Friday night. And I share this with you to say, you may not ever be in a place where you're in a vulnerable place in front of a crowd and you're asked to like give a talk and, and be open to like moving in the Holy Spirit with a sense of prophetic anointing using that kind of language, right? Um, but you know what? If you open to the Lord in prayer, you, 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 I'm talking to you. If you open your heart to the Lord in prayer, 
the Lord might just prompt in you a longing and a desire, a hunger or a pain in your heart that emerges in you that you didn't choose. And when you made yourself available in your prayer time, the Lord brought it to you. He just stirred it in you. He just made it alive in you that all of a sudden now you needed to start interceding for some situation, some person, some intention that wasn't there before. And it came from God. You see, that's the living Lord, the Holy Spirit at work in you. Please, I I shared that story about being open to be stretched by the Lord in a circumstance where I was comfortable, where I had a lot of background and I wanted to do a good job. And so I thought I knew what that meant. But the Lord was asking me to be to be open, to be different, to be led to something different. And so I bring that to you because you might find yourself in circumstances where you're not seeing fruit or maybe you've seen fruit, but the Lord's saying, I want to stretch you to a whole new level. And so, Lord Jesus, right now, just ask you to bless those who are hearing my voice, that they they and I together, that we, Lord, would be open to be led by you in new ways. When we have a chance to pray, when we have a chance to witness and share the gospel, when we have a chance to um, just interact with you, Lord, that we'd be open to be led beyond what we know, what we're comfortable with, and that we'd be vulnerable to your Holy Spirit moving us in new ways. Lord, we want that. Please, Lord, help us to want that and to live that. In Jesus' name, amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Back in a minute, and I'm going to talk now about presenting. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. You know, I really appreciate uh, those of you that do enjoy the program. Uh, do me a favor, please. Go to mycatholicfaith.org. It's my website, my ministry website. Why? I have free resources for you. That's my gift to you. If you enjoy the program that you hear on Sound Insight, you can access the podcast version of the program. You can listen to it again. Or you can share it with your friends, with your family, with your loved ones. And an easy way to do that is by um, subscribing to the Apple Podcast, or if you're on Spotify, the Spotify Podcast. Uh, by doing that, you're also going to send a little message to Spotify and Apple. Hey, you should share this podcast with others that are like me, so other Catholics can come to discover Sound Insight. That would be a beautiful blessing for me to be able to grow the reach of Sound Insight. And you can play a part in that. But if you go to mycatholicfaith.org, you'll also get access to free resources. You can just click on uh, that tab to get free resources. All you need to do is you just fill out your email address, and then the first resource will come to you. But then we'll know have an email address to send you the audio resources that you'll be able to listen to, uh, various series that I've done. And so I would love to bless you with those resources. Okay, free of charge, resources, audio talks, videos, and downloadable books, so digital books. All of that for the massive cost of zero dollars, okay? It's free, it's my gift to you. All right, so Saturday, a week ago, 
I was I had a chance to speak to the leadership team of the Encounter School of Ministry, and the theme of that was uh, was um, becoming a better presenter. How do I grow as a teacher, as a preacher, as a prophet? Those are like distinct ways of speaking. You you heard me just share pretty extensively about speaking in a in a mode that is more prophetic. In other words, it is speaking in a mode that is much more specifically reliant upon the prompting of the Holy Spirit in the moment, relying upon the anointing and the gifting of the Spirit at work in the moment to guide and lead whatever's happening. So to be that conduit of the Lord moving in the right here and now with signs and wonders and deeds of power. So that that was one. But what I focused on was the, let's call it the art and the craft or the gift and the skill of presenting. And there's a, a reason why I, I did that. Well, the first was they asked me to. And so there was a sense of saying, you know, we, we really want to up our game. We want to level up when it comes to the teaching that we're doing. Not so much the outlines. I wasn't there to help them with outlines. I was there to help them with the art and the craft of actually presenting content, presenting material. And for me, I loved this because it gave me a chance to sort of break open teachings that I just rarely get to give about uh, teaching and, and preaching and speaking. Um, I, I, I love reflecting on this because of my background as a systematic theologian, as someone who worked as a director of evangelization at the parish level, working with Evangelization 2000 and working with really the greatest Catholic leaders in, in the work of evangelization in the world back in the uh, early to mid 90s with Father Tom Forrest at Evangelization 2000. And then uh, since then, just continuing on, but in my doctoral dissertation, it, my area of studies is called hermeneutics or interpretation theory. And my dissertation was on interreligious dialogue. So all of these themes are around communication. So I love probing and, 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 and pondering and reflecting on what does it mean to present well? Well, I, I shared a, num- a whole bunch of content, but I'm just going to share with you the four key principles that I led with at the beginning of the, of the day. Just four key principles are key insights into presenting. Why do I do this? Because it's relevant for you too. Believe me. This isn't just if you're a teacher or you're a speaker or you get up in front of people. No, no, no. These are all relevant for you. Do you talk? Do you communicate? These are relevant for you. So these are key principles or insights, things that are going to push you into action. All right. The first was this, that you are a messenger. Yeah, you are a messenger. And uh, and you say, hey, wait a minute, Tom, I'm not speaking in front of groups. Yeah, but the Lord has created you and redeemed you and has equipped you to be a source of salt, light, and leaven. And that means being the person you are and also acting a certain way, but also speaking that the Lord is going to use you with your very life to to be a messenger. And to focus in, I, I quoted from Saint Paul, Saint Pope Paul VI, who in his apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Nunciandi, said that there is a twofold fidelity 
or dual fidelity that is that is uh, required of someone who speaks. And the twofold fidelity is that the messenger must be faithful both to the Word of God and faithful to the situation of those who are hearing the message. Okay, did you hear that? The reason why I say that, okay, just ponder this. This is actually quite radical. <laughs> when, you, when you say a messenger, you, all, you imply that there's a message, right? Of course you do. A messenger brings a message, but you bring a message to an audience. And so when you're speaking, Paul VI is saying, you must pay attention not only to be faithful to the message you're bringing, right? Let be faithful to the word of God, faithful to the teaching of the church. Don't bring your own ideas. That's why I'll so often say, I didn't make this stuff up. This came from the teaching of the church, the doctors of the church, the, the scriptures. This is, this is Catholic dogma, right? Uh, so I have to be faithful to that, but also faithful to the situation that I'm addressing. And it's that aspect of fidelity that is so often left behind by speakers. We don't spend time thinking about the people we're talking to. We focus so much attention on what's the talk? What's the outline? What are the points I need to get through? And so how often are we in the presence of a speaker who is just boring, delivering, just going on and on and on. It's like, I stopped listening to you so long ago. Now, when, when that kind of language shows up, what we're saying is this presenter, this homilist, this teacher, this retreat speaker is not paying attention to me and my situation. The alternative is to be able to say, oh, wait a minute, you're talking to me. I feel personally addressed. I feel like you actually are taking me into account when you speak by how you're speaking, by, by how you're involving me in the talk itself. And so this was, this was eye-opening for the folks that were there to reflect um, extensively on what did it mean to be faithful to the audience and not just to the message. Well, this actually is connected to the second of these four points. The second point is not only that you, as a messenger, have a message, but also that in one way, you are the message. Whoa. Okay, let me say that again. You are the message. Now, don't misunderstand me. When I say that you are the message, I'm not saying it's about you. I don't mean that at all. I don't mean that put the focus on you, talk about yourself. No, that's not what I mean. But when I say that you not only have a message, but in a certain sense are the message, I'm actually making a much more profound theological point. And it's rooted in what's called the incarnation. The incarnation in the flesh right? The Word was made flesh. Jesus Christ, who is God, who is the Word of God, became man. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, what does this have to do with us? Well, I'll tell you in just a minute.
Hey, welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Carnes. Great to be with you. So, the Word became flesh. Now listen. So that flesh might become Word. Ooh. Isn't that a cool phrase? The Word became... Sorry, let me, let me reset. <laughs> I'm saying that as a speaker, as someone who is presenting the gospel, and that's you in your own way, in your own situation, you too are speaking and presenting the gospel. It's not simply by the words you speak, it's but by the person that you are. And that is connected to the principle of the incarnation. In God, the first person of the Trinity is Father, the second person of the Trinity is Son or Word, the Word of God the word generated by the Father. And we who are created, we are created in the Word. We are created in the Son. When we are elevated from the status of creature and we're elevated to being a uh, sharing in the divine life, we do so in the person of the Son. We are sons and daughters in the Son. We are members of the body of Christ. Christ, the Son of God, is the head of the body. So you see, we are drawn up into the one in the Trinity who is the Word. And as such, we who are created by the Word, in the Word, and elevated into that status where we share divine life in the Word, our lives have a word-like quality. Our very lives have a communicative quality. Whether you like it or not, acknowledge it or not, want it or not, your life speaks a message. You don't just have a message. You are a message. Or as my dear priest friend who married us, Father Pat Smith, said to, care, uh, said to me one time when we were in the seminary together, Tom, don't tell me what you believe. Let me follow you around for a week, and I'll tell you what you believe by how you live. As you see how I live, you'll know what I believe, because my life speaks a belief. It speaks a message. And so when it comes to this idea of um, when I, as a presenter, am presenting, yes, I can pull out an outline and say, here's the content. Like, here are the seven points I'm going to make. Here's my theme. But that message needs to be traceable back into my life. There needs to be a sense of connection into my life. And, and if I'm not corresponding by how I live with the message I'm speaking, then guess what suffers? The message. Because now I'm a countersign. I, I'm, 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 I'm emptying the gospel of power. I'm emptying the gospel of power. In fact, Father Pat Smith, uh, this is a kind of an embarrassing story. Um, I, you know, I've given thousands of talks, 3,000 talks anyways, right, in the 35 years that I've done church ministry work. So I... Um, I can only think of one time for sure. One, uh, there's one memorable instance where I was giving a parish mission. And when I got there, I realized, I knew, 
I realized. I knew I was in mortal sin. I had committed a mortal sin, and I was about to get up and give a talk at a parish mission. It's a talk I'd given many times. It's a talk that I had memorized. It was inside of me, and it was a very engaging talk. I was very active. I moved around. I used humor and stories and, and very engaging and, and dynamic at the level of my like personality. But that night, that night, all at the human level, all those things were still true. They were all true. However, there was no spiritual power because I had cut off the life of God in me through my mortal sin. And you know what suffered? The gospel. The message that I was bringing. I brought it at a human level with, with uh, a nuanced, uh, highly capable presentation. But from the dimension of spiritual power, it was empty. I could tell. And the pastor could tell. He was like, I said, yeah, I just, I apologize. I was not on to I said, I know I could tell. And I, I, I just said to myself, please, Lord, never again, never again, Lord, do I want to give a talk in a state of mortal sin. I've shared this before. St. John of the Cross, he talks about the impact of a preacher's words that he, at the very end of the ascent of Mount Carmel, says it's at a human level important that a preacher knows the art and the craft of presenting well. But, he said, what is essential in a preacher is a profound union with Christ, holiness, advancing in the spiritual journey, going further and further into God, becoming more and more transformed by the Lord himself into him, into him, into the, that, that Jesus himself is, is living in us more and more fully so that the words of the preacher can raise the dead. That's the standard. Do you want to know what your standard is as a preacher? Are your words raising the dead? Wow. That will stop you short. That's a standard to strive after. And, and so I shared about that. I talked about how even though it's going to be critically important to learn the ways in which the art and the craft, the skill of speaking well is going to advance the message because it's going to be faithful to the situation of the hearer at that one level. It's being very respectful and, and engaging at, at human levels that are that make sense. What's essential is holiness. What's essential is that deepening union with the Lord. And so, um, so I just shared about that. And then continuing on, I talked about the importance of preparation. And uh, I won't get into it uh, very much, but just to say briefly that um, when I talked about preparation, uh, I talked about preparation that involves um, uh, preparing certain types of talks. So teaching is different than preaching, and teaching and preaching are different than prophecy when you're speaking a prophetic word. And I had a chance to unfold, especially the teaching versus the preaching, right? What's the difference between hearing a talk that you'd call a teaching and hearing a talk that is preaching? Because, you know, there's often like the Venn diagram overlap, right? So there's often an overlap. But when you're called to preach versus teach, the difference is a teacher is principally aiming at 
the intellect, principally aiming at the mind, attempting to help enlighten the mind, and presenting content in a way that's ordered. There's a good, solid order to things. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Now, let me tell you in, a, in an order that's systematic, that's logical, that makes sense, that's going to help people go deeper, and then uh, etc. Preaching, on the other hand, is not principally, principally addressing the intellect, but rather the will, the heart. It's about persuading. It's about moving. It's about motivating. It's about inspiring action, decision. It's about moving the audience to make a decision. It's about stirring the listener to take an action. So there's content, absolutely. There's the what that you're saying, but then there's also the so what. This is what we're talking about, but here's why it's important. Here's why it's important. And now what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? So for instance, tomorrow night, I'm not there principally to give a teaching. I am there to preach. I am there to move these guys towards confession. I am there to move these guys. And and I I say I move. Well, I, I can at a human level use different dynamics and all that, but it's the Holy Spirit that's going to move these guys. And that's where I want to be that vessel. I want to be that available vessel to the Lord to be movable so that the Holy Spirit can move them to take an action. The Holy Spirit can move them to take an action and make a decision. In this instance, to confess their sins, right? To, to get closer to God. So, um, I, I don't, I don't really have time to, to go into the, uh, well, the fourth one. Oh, well, the fourth one, actually, I looked at it right now, is that what's important in preaching, human excellence or holiness? So I guess I already talked about that. <laughs> yeah. So it was a great day. I loved it. I loved having that chance. And, and frankly, it was, it was a beautiful opportunity for me to continue to pray and discern, like, Lord, what are you asking of me right now in my life? What are you asking of me right now in my life in terms of uh, how I'm providing for the family and what I'm called to do to serve the Lord? And so uh, I, I've got a lot more to say. I'm at this real estate conference right now, um, but maybe I'll talk about that tomorrow with Kerry. All right, I'm out of time. God bless you. Join me tomorrow for more Sun Insight.